Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Well, let us go then. This is Pet Sunday School, and to our listening ears, all angels sings and round us rings the music of the streets. This is Sunday School. Brothers, sisters, and siblings, welcome to Pet Sunday School, starring Pen Gillette. My name is Michael Goudeau, Matt Donnelly, Red Rich, Ben and I are broadcasting from our separate homes in Las Vegas. And is watching people play video games this week. And their new show, Try This at Home here. Maybe we'll also get to some viewer mail. Here is Big Mom. Here I am, preaching love. Preaching love right here. Uh, how y'all doing now? I billboarded this last time, Matt Donnelly. You took your family on a hike? I did. Somehow I was forced to trade places with Michael Goodell and go on a hike. Whose uh, idea was this? My wife's. But uh, it is amazing. I, I, I literally live near, like I've always gone to Lake Mead, but gone to the, the Hoover Dam area side. And I've never just driven straight out my own backyard kind of Henderson, just right out to, to Lake Mead. That way where the whole huge giant national park is. And my wife and I were driving through there and we're just embarrassed that we'd lived in Henderson for 12 years and had no idea, <laughs> like the most beautiful park with like rocks and mountains and stuff we've never seen. Um, uh, like crazy Martian-like lo- locations were just a half hour from our house uh, and we never went. Um and then uh, there's a spring there. There's, there's a Rogers Spring, and uh, we're told you can get in there, you know. And um, there's healing waters and minerals, you know, according to Gwyneth Paltrow. And um, did you uh, steam your wife's vagina? I did. We did a little steaming because you know I wanted to regulate her period, and that's just a scientific fact. Sure. Um, and uh, so. Uh, we get to Rogers Spring and it is like the size of like a, you know, a master bedroom. It is the, it is a tiny little pond there. And then um, below it, there's a little, like maybe like a five foot waterfall into a couple little basins there. And that's the basins where you can kind of get in there. And uh, my kids are excited. You can go into the water. You're not supposed to go in up to your nose, which I believe is an amoeba warning. Uh I am so glad to hear you say that. I've been all week going, oh, uh, I should tell Matt, but I can't. Maybe he's killed his children. <laughs> I mean, they've been acting differently. It's been awful. It's been awful. <laughs> I really, the whole day I've been, oh, should I tell this about Matt? Oh, I hope he read the sign. <laughs> I just, we have, it's weird, but even knowing about amoebas is still just number two on the micro, microscopic level of things that could kill my children. So <laughs> we're willing to take that risk, I guess. And, yeah, we read the sign. So they go up your nose, but not your mouth, Kudo? Right. No, up your nose, through the blood-brain barrier, into your brain. And then they kill you? And then they kill you, yes. With a rubber hose. <laughs> but it's a freak thing, right? It's not like it's like, 
Oops. It's a freak thing. Yeah. It doesn't even happen very often, but it's bad when it does. And so um, my kids are getting there. We're trying to get their feet in. You know, that would be like, you know, waist high for them, you know, knee high for whatever. And um, I uh, go in and I just uh, fall in this tiny little basin, like a, <laughs> like a kid pool. I slip and just scrape up my entire back and cut my hand open. We're <laughs> bleeding all over the place. <laughs> so <laughs> on my wife's adorable photos of our nice hike, it's me constantly clenching my hand so I'm not dripping blood all over everything in, in the photo. And I and then we go to take a walk and I got like a, a, a palm frond in my toenail, in my in between my toe and nail. And I'm like, I am just not meant to go out waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues and all lifelock plans are backed by the million dollar protection package so we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft help protect your information this tax season with lifelock save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com aware doors and do outdoorsy things well this is all explained in one word yeah jersey yeah 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 if you want me to win an arm wrestling contest and, and throw you know play ski ball whatever you need me to do sing sweet caroline <laughs> you're fully prepared put on enough sunblock to open up the top of the irock z I'm here for you. I'm ready for these environments. Fuely heads and a hearse on the floor. You're covered. <laughs> when we go to the beach, it's a very big place. It's a very big thing to go to. Very approachable. No terrain to navigate. And there's a boardwalk. Yeah, there's a boardwalk. Where you can buy food. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once again, what is my advice? Never go anywhere that money doesn't matter. <laughs> I was I was roped into the adorableness of the spring, but you're but absolutely did, right. Did money matter there? No. Stay I away. Could, I could not bribe those amoebas to stay away from my children's noses. <laughs> you could not tell the pond, listen, there's there's a Benjamin in it if I don't fall on my ass and get cut up, okay? I was like <laughs> Look, look, tiny fish. Uh, I just got I just got a stimulus check from the government, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm flush. We can make a deal, tiny fish. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in Jersey, there's a guy named Tiny Fish you can make a deal with. <laughs> it costs you more than a C-note, but you can make yeah. a deal with Tiny Fish. <laughs> like... I just things I would never do if I didn't have children. And then, uh, you know, trying to be like, of course it's okay. Let's go. Come on. This is exciting. We drove all the way here. And then, boom, I just leave totally injured. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did not document any of the mishaps for social media. We, we went total PR on it. It was just all. I was going to say. It's so sweet. Your videos and posts were so nice. Yeah. So if you see this post, uh, it's just me and my kids in a basin smiling. I am bleeding like crazy out of my right hand. <laughs> I'm keeping it. And scaring the fuck out of Goudot for the immediate. <laughs> 
Because it's too late. There's no point in me telling. <laughs> are there signs that say there are amoebas here? The, yeah, I mean, if it's as dangerous as, as Godot is saying, there's one modest sign. It's not like a... No, it's <laughs> it's near like a, a small area of the place where you wouldn't go. You would. They need it near the basins because that's where you'll go in. The actual big mucky pond that's gross is is which it feels gross on your feet. That's where the sign is. That's where the sign is. Yeah. yeah. And so when you're in the other spot, I was like, oh, he he probably went by those signs. <laughs> it sure would be funny though if you were so careful during this lockdown and then died of an amoeba in your brain. <laughs> Totally, yeah. Wash his hands ten times a day. Amoeba brain. Amoeba Got him. Brain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people get it. You know the nasal wash thing? Yeah. Did you do? Some people get amoebas in their brain using that device. Oh, that's like putting a gun in your mouth. They're just straight up committing suicide. And I, I do use tap water, too, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Tap water in Louisiana sometimes has amoebas. Yeah, but I don't think in Vegas tap water has amoebas. I don't think so. I <laughs> Let's go with that. But the salt, I mean, I know it's not, I know it's not a danger around salt water, but would the actual salt itself affect the amoeba? Yeah, probably, yeah. I would think so. All right. Well, then I'll keep doing the saline flushes. <laughs> yeah. I like to call that nasal douche. Yeah, I'll keep douching my nose. And soon Gwyneth Paltrow will, will put the nose and the vagina together. <laughs> we haven't explained any of that. I, this week I drove by a place. <laughs> That was hoo-ha vaginal steaming. Oh, the name of the business was hoo-ha? Yeah, it, it's not, it is not Goudot's editorializing hoo-ha. <laughs> it was, uh, someone went to their uh, their uncle for the investment money, and he was like, only if I can name it. <laughs> it's right next door to Hot and Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> well. Which is a crawfish place. Okay, so hoo-ha vaginal steaming opened up in Vegas. Yeah. And it's open now? Yeah. So there are people it's who... essential. It's essential. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's open now. <laughs> there are people who would risk getting COVID-19 to have their vagina steamed. Well, you know how it is. <laughs> you need it. You need it. I suppose. But Gwyneth Paltrow says this is what one does with one's vagina. You get herbs and spices steamed up there. Yeah. She says it's an ancient practice. An ancient practice. Is it Kentucky Fried Chicken? I think so. Yeah. How how ancient? Eleven spices. How ancient is the practice? Are there hieroglyphics of of people getting their vaginas steamed? Or well, that's the way all hieroglyphics look to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is open to interpretation. I'm not sure if he's smoking her <laughs> or maybe steaming her. I, I don't know how many women, even those who are into the Gwyneth Paltrow herbal whatever would read the sign hoo-ha and be like, yep, they're taking this seriously. They, they have the medical goods. <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think it was tiny fish who named it. <laughs> it was, you're all wrong. It's Dr. Hoo-ha. <laughs> it's his actual doctor, <laughs> doctor, tiny fish. <laughs> Invested in this. Now we are four men. Uh, you know, at this podcast. So if you are a woman who believes in the benefits of vaginal steaming, please write us question pen at gmail.com and send pictures <laughs> pre and post. 
let us be the judge of that. So um, I told you before that um, Z wanted me to watch Parks and Recreation. Yes. And I watched it and had a wonderful time with them. And then Moxie wants me to watch. Do you know these Let's Play videos? You must know them, right, Ready? No. Let's Play videos are this brand new art form. I mean, brand new being a decade. But it's a, it's a new art form that wasn't around when we were children that uh, a person plays a video game while they sit up in the corner. You see their face in a microphone and then you see them play the game and they talk all the way through it while they're playing the game. And uh, the term for this is let's play uh, because that's what a lot of them say. And she has several of these guys that she just loves. I mean, it's like to her, it's like Hendrix and Bob Dylan doing this. Markiplier is one of them, but also uh, Jack Septicai. Yeah. You know Septicai? Yeah. Jack Septicai, who's Irish and whose real name is Sean something. Of course, he's Irish. And uh, he is playing this uh, game called uh, Detroit Become Human, which is about androids. And we've watched, I guess, two and a half hours now. And he sits up in the corner of the screen and you see his face as he plays a video game. Right. And uh, it's really, really, it's a wonderful form because the guy's got a... A uh, stream of consciousness, free-floating monologue that's on top of an adventure game that he is kind of sort of critiquing and kind of sort of talking about himself while he does it and kind of sort of talking about uh, morality and politics at the same time, you know? Like well, a lot, a lot of kids are getting their politics, uh, you know, perspectives their takes or their angles or whatever from from these channels yeah and uh he says you know oh it says here in the article that um androids are having to make moral choices you know that's a problem with self-driving cars and he's playing the whole thing while talking about it this is talking about hive collapse well you know hive collapse and the bees and he goes on for a long time because he's playing the game and it really is it's not not exactly like playing the game with a friend of yours. Right. Uh, it's not exactly like a monologue, but it's somewhere in between. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, you don't have to be a child to enjoy it. I thought it was pretty fascinating. What did you enjoy more, watching those videos, Let's Play videos, or Parks and Recreation? Well, Parks and Recreation has more pure, raw skill. I right. mean, these are people better at what they're doing than anyone I've ever seen. Right. You know, this is like watching the Olympics, how good Amy Poehler is. Yeah. I mean, every gesture, every word, everything, perfect. I mean, I can't even judge the overall idea of Parks and Recreation because everyone is so skilled. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're crazy good. Crazy good. Um, so the Jacksepticeye thing is um, uh, freer and looser. And you don't say, wow, this guy's better at this than anything I've ever seen. Right. Uh, but he's good. 
and he's able to play the game while doing it. And he knows the level of, uh, you know, when you do uh, like what I did, who watched me a millionaire and uh, Jeopardy, which uh, who won on the show that I did? Oh, that was me. Yeah, you did. Um, and the other uh, and the other shows, they tell you. I mean, who watched me a millionaire? They congratulated me in that I show my work better than anyone. You know, they just thought yeah. it was great how I said, here's what I'm thinking. And uh, when I even did that Know the Lyrics show with, uh, right. uh, I show a lot of my work. Well, that's the skill that's required here. He, he says very much so, this guy's bothering me. I think he could be dangerous. I'm going to go over and check. Well, what part of him should I check? You know, he does ah. that all the way through, which is very, very important to keep that going while you're doing it. And I will tell you, uh, I liked it much more than playing games. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, it, you know, uh, and you know, these, these, these guys who do this are, um, very attractive. They're um, um, uh, good-looking, um, good voices, and so they are. Uh, all right, all right. I'll. I won't start making these videos. Jeez. <laughs> and so my daughter is really, uh, you know, she's really attached to these people who do this, and uh, they're very, very good, and she's very into it. I really, uh, I really liked watching with her. Really liked watching with her. I have an embarrassing story to tell. Okay, let's hear it. And I'll connect the dots afterwards. Okay. It's going to seem out of the blue. I believe I was 10 years old. And back then, there was no such thing as a Comic-Con or a Gen Con or anything like that. And celebrities would go for charity events to the commons areas at local malls. So, like, the cast of Star Trek would come out and sign autographs and... They would do it as a fundraiser for some local charity. Sesame Street was doing that at my local mall. And my parents said, hey, do you want to go? And I said, I think I'm a little old for it. They said, well, you like the Star Trek one. We should go. So they took me. And during the Sesame Street presentation, they said, who doesn't know the alphabet song? And I said, I don't. (laughs) Because I didn't know that was the name of the song. I see. So every kid half my age turned around and looked at me like I was a crazy person. (laughs) And that's what I'm feeling right now when you tell me what play videos are, because we're on Twitch, Uh on a gaming format, and I just didn't know that was the name of that video. Let's play. They're called Let's Play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's a a great thing. You know... uh, when when people used to appear in malls and stores and stuff, famous people, I always think of what I believe is the funniest thing Teller ever said. We were um, working in my apartment in New York, and the New York Times was open on the on my coffee table, and it said Mrs. Fields was appearing at Macy's. So Teller and I said, we're done working for the day. Let's go to Macy's and meet Mrs. Fields. So we were on Broadway at the time, and um, we went to Macy's, and we stood in line for 25 minutes to meet Mrs. Fields. And we got up to Mrs. Fields, and Teller said, 
Are you the real Mrs. Fields or are you like Santa Claus? And there's a different Mrs. Fields at every Macy's. <laughs> and she answered him honestly, I'm the real Mrs. Fields. And we got a free cookie and an autograph and we left. One of my favorite afternoons with Teller. I had just a great time. <laughs> and Mrs. Fields is a fine she person. Is. You know her? Yes, I've met her a couple of times. The real Mrs. Fields. She used to come to yeah, the real Mrs. Field used to come to the, the Lance Burton show every now and then. And she would always bring a box of warm cookies, even after she had sold the franchise. She would go to a Mrs. Fields and buy them and bring them anyway. Well, you know, um, Lincoln, who owns the, uh, the Krispy Kremes here in Vegas, uh, he always brings. You can never be around Lincoln that he doesn't have two dozen donuts to give you. They had a, uh, a give out this week for the graduating class. They had 2020 donuts, you know, shaped 2020 donuts, and they'd give you a dozen of them. And uh, my daughter and I went down there, and there was about a four-hour line. <laughs> That's like a comfortable thing. I don't have a thing where like, I can always just bring the blank. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Every time I go to someone's house, do I bring wine? Do I bring flowers? Do I bring something? Whatever. I mean. You bring the funny. <laughs> I just show up, go, ta-da. Hi, guys. Life of the party. Let me show you the video I have of my kid in a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. So uh, Try This at Home was on? Yes. And you all dutifully, dutifully watched it? Really enjoyed it. Yep. Very, very, yeah. Very. Yeah, yeah, I watched it on the CW. I was I was frustrated. So if anyone's out there, they might have shared my frustration. It did not appear on the app the day of. It appeared on the app the next day, and it was confusing because I wasn't sure it was going to appear under the Fool Us thing. If you, if, you're, if you cut cords, you know, I mean, on cable or whatever, it was just the normal thing. But if you're a cord cutter and you have the CW app, you had to wait 24 hours for it to show up on the app, and it did show up under the Fool Us um, tab because even though it's going to show up a different name. Did you like that uh, that last uh, that last trick with Alan Dakota? Yes. Yeah. And the nice trick. Really nice. Yeah. And everything, everything is there and available for you right there. We didn't do any. There's no pre-show work. There's no nothing. The the deck is legit. Everything's legit. I know. I wanted to do it because I was like, wait a minute. I, I was uh, a little confused because at first I thought I was onto it, and then I was not onto it at all. I'm still very much an idiot when it comes to deciphering magic. Yeah, well, this is a, this is a good trick that we invented. And how, I mean, are there, is there any two people in the world more adorable than Alan Dakota Fanning? No. Not at all. He could, no. And, like, you wondered if they were going to be like, like, when, when Eli and Peyton Manning get together for commercials and stuff, there is, like, a real brotherness that happens that you're like, oh, it is authentic. They really do know each other. That's great, you know? When you have two two sisters in show business, you wonder how they're going to be when they're actually around each other. And they were, the fact that like they're they were so sisterly that you drop the fame immediately. That you're just dealing with two like adorable people. Yeah, they're really nice. Wonderful. They're wonderful. And I love when they say, you know, could we would have been could we possibly be on Fool Us ever live? Yeah, 
You could. Uh, uh, let me talk to. Uh, yep, it's good. I talked to. <laughs> I talked to whoever I need to talk to. Um, and uh, and uh, you like Matt King? Matt King did a nice job. Love Mac. Well, let's just say, first of all, that an episode of Fool Us, which normally takes up an hour of television time, is normally four magicians and you guys doing one trick. What I was laughing at watching this was like the amount of fucking magicians, the amount of tricks it takes to fill up an hour of television without a studio audience is astounding. Yeah. I mean, I think you had like 25 magicians on this show. And, 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 Eating, eating material like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and we had, we had the, um, the uh, sheep thieves. Yeah. Which we've got for this next show. You know, this week we're shooting another one of these, which I think they're calling Try This at Home 2, T-O-O. Oh. Electric Boogaloo. And um, uh, we are showing in, in COVID times, you can't have long meetings about titles. So. <laughs> they uh, were having a lot of people uh, did the tricks and sent them into us. Oh, very cool. So we got cute children doing sheep thieves. and. Oh, yeah. that's great. Good, 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 good. Yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. I want to teach sheep thieves to my kid. We've also got another teller pool bit. <laughs> and we had someone right in here. Yeah, it, it's a thing. It's a thing. My wife said the same thing that this letter says. Uh, Jeff Elliott or Elliot Jeff. We don't know which. What's the deal with the weird pool Teller has? <laughs> I'm not a pool aficionado, but I've been in quite a few and I've never seen venting or whatever was going on behind him. <laughs> Teller has a complicated pool. It's a complicated pool. And um, uh, now the filter is filled with rubber ducks. Uh, rubber doves, because he's producing rubber doves in the new one. And he sometimes they get away from him, the foam ones, and he finds them in his filter. Teller does not have a normal pool. <laughs> uh, Teller has a uh, endless pool. So Teller has what looks like a rather largish hot tub with a huge, like, fan thing at one end of it that blows water at uh, a speed that allows him to um, swim against it. And he does a 20-minute swim a day against the current. He's been doing that for 25 years. Uh, he gets nowhere. You just turn it on. You turn it on and swim against it. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you saw um, Billions yeah, two weeks ago, you see... Uh, what is the name of the um, short-haired, non-binary person? I don't know the show that well. Anyway, they get out of uh, they get out of a lap pool. I mean, a an endless pool like Teller. So Teller sits with a um, a uh, workout weight on his lap and a snorkel at the bottom of his pool and does magic for hours. <laughs> And the um, the nightmare of this is that nobody was there. There were no grown-ups, no adults. It was a camera and two lights and Teller. And Teller sent us that routine that you saw. And the producers and I all said, this is great, and signed off on it. Then he sent another four. <laughs> then he sent another five. Then he sent another three. Then he sent one shot at night with artificial lights. Then he sent one shot during the day 
with uh, with uh, with sunlight. Then he sent one shot during the day with artificial lights and sunlight. <laughs> then he sent two more. Um, we okayed every single one he sent us. <laughs> we complimented every single one he sent us. And then when we were all done with the whole show, he did three more and sent those. <laughs> Teller needs an Instagram account. <laughs> so this time he's doing another one in his pool. And he's also doing um, spoon theater, where he's been working on tricks with spoons representing Penn and Teller, dancing around. Ah. So I don't know if that'll make it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we actually did uh, more bits than we needed. So some of the bits we did for the last show are going right into this one. Well, that's great. The, uh, the thankful levitation is going to this one and... All of those. And we had Mac King teach a trick last time. This time we have Piff the Magic Dragon teaching a trick. Oh, good. So that'll be nice. And we have a incredible trick from Ozzy Wind. Oh, great. Who is so good. He works with yeah. um, David Blaine a lot. One of the greatest magicians of the world. He and, crushed um, on the Foolish Christmas special. If you haven't seen it, go look up Ozzy Wind's routine there. But on this show coming up, which is going to be in June. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing how good it is. It's all sleight of hand. It's all one take. And it is some of the most amazing stuff I've ever seen. We saw what he sent. And we had a little comment on the way he started at the beginning. Like when he says, hi, Penn and Teller. We want him to say something slightly different. Uh, to get us into a segue from the bit before it. He informed us that that casual perfect take was 200 takes. <laughs> and that to get it to look right, he took apart his whole apartment and relit everything and moved all the tables around. And that took him hours and hours. And then he did 200 takes. Oh, my God. So Ozzy's answer to us was, no. <laughs> you can show this just the way it is, or you can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and we said, you know something, Ozzy? This looked really good to us. We're just going to show it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we also had uh, Jeff J. Pomery, who wrote to thank me because I did a cameo. I talked about this before. I did a cameo talking his wife out of Feng Shui. <laughs> he sent me to cameo.com. He said, we are setting up our bedroom. It is beautiful. It is gorgeous. We have a great view. My wife wants to feng shui it, which ruins the whole way. I'm, uh, I'm uh, laying out the bedroom. Or maybe he's building the bedroom. Uh, and uh, please talk her out of it. So I did like a three or four minute cameo where I told the story of us doing Feng Shui on bullshit, laid it all out, and he said that I absolutely nailed it in the cameo, and his wife has agreed to not do Feng Shui and do it the way he wanted it, and he wanted to thank me, thank me, thank me, and he says he will get another cameo from me as soon as his wife needs to be straightened out again. <laughs> 
So we love uh, we love Jay uh, Jay Pomery. It'll be great when his wife decides she's going to use it. As well. <laughs> so you'll be playing both sides of every argument thing. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. She'll she'll say I'm going to be getting two cameos. Convince him that Feng Shui is real. Okay. <laughs> I'll just do that. Yeah, I've had a lot of ones from uh, children who are learning magic and, you know, stuck in the house and advice on magic and stuff like that. It's been really fun. I do them in two hunks a day in the morning and the night, and I've been having a blast doing them. I didn't think, I thought it was going to be a pain in the ass, so I I was going to only do them for like a week, but I'm liking them. And Piff's doing them too, so we're having fun, and Gilbert does them all the time, so... Yeah. It's a uh, it's a good thing. And uh I don't know why I thought it wouldn't be a good thing because I hired one I I hired Ruth Buzzy to do one for Glenn. Right. And he just loved it. We loved it. So um I guess it's it's an okay it's an okay uh, it's an okay thing. Uh what else we got uh I'm doing the fourth draft of my novel. Um uh I got what, some What changed from 3 to 4? Well, uh, Robbie Libin is what changed. Uh, Robbie is, uh, works for us, uh, has been my friend for 45 years. And Robbie is a very well-educated, a very well-read, incredible editor. He's fabulous. Oh, he edits, wow. He edits, he edits all my books. And this time I sent it to him and said, I know you're really good at editing at a granular level, but I really want more help from you on this because he, he reads a lot of detective fiction um, on my plot thing. Oh. And Robbie uh, wrote back to me and said, uh, you, um, you don't have the beginning. You don't have enough in the beginning. So the middle seems too fat. You've got to balance that. So write more about how your uh, protagonist gets the original seed money to win the bet that he wins later. He said, you've covered that in a paragraph. It should be three chapters. Oh, wow. And then he said, you're very, very happy with your editorializing on the bad guy. Why he's a bad guy, giving his motivations, how he thinks, how he believes. And that's all very interesting and destroys all the suspense you build up. Oh, interesting. Get that out of there. Find another place for it. Earlier or later, but you can't have it there because we're building. And then he told me, um, I really like your protagonist going into the restaurant, stripping off all his clothes and dancing naked in front of the bad guy. Uh, I love that. But you have not explained why the bad guy doesn't just fall him out of the restaurant and kill him. <laughs> um, you've got a very good bad guy. You've got a very good situation. It's perfect, except... I don't believe he's not dead within 15 minutes of that whole event. Oh, funny. And uh, he said, you've got to give me a reason why. Uh, and he gave me all these, uh, all these really good notes, really fabulous notes, to the point that I'd sent in draft three to the publisher saying, do you want to put this out? And then wrote a very, very rushed email saying, no, 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 no. Stop. It's going to be so much better. Stop. So much better. Um, I, uh, I'm pretty, you know, I've been working on this novel, this idea for, you know, over 20 years. Um, supposed to be a TV idea, this and that. And now I'm trying to do it, uh, as a book. And I think, I think I might, with the help of Robbie, really get it down. So he, awesome. 
he also had other comments and then said, but fix all this and I'll tell you what's wrong with every paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is, I think it's as a, as a creative person, I just don't have the personality at all. The meticulous line by line ability to do for, to go over somebody else's work like that. I think when you, when you find someone like that, it just is like, you, I, you must feel so lucky. And he also knows what I can do. Yeah. Which may be the most important thing. When he says, give me three chapters here of how he gets the money and contrast that with after he's got the money, he knows I'm going to be able to bang that out and love it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he, he, he knows where my skills are. You don't hear three chapters and cry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was done. Yeah. But he gives me really what I have to do, and I go through and send it to him. He said, yep, that's fixed. You know, I sent him that hunk. <laughs> so uh, it's coming along. Very nice. I'm really, um, that's tough. really happy with it, really thrilled. I figured out something that I don't play political football on. What's that? I actually have. I don't give a shit when a president plays golf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many people do physical activities, go to the gym or do whatever to clear their head. I, I can't believe a president, even if he's playing golf, isn't thinking about shit while he's walking around and doing stuff. Once again, the problem is to everybody hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was attacking Obama so seriously for that. Yeah. But that's the thing I, I but I've decided that that I won't let those stories bother me. Right. I, and that's because you know, that's what I always say is I don't believe in busting hypocrisy. When Obama yeah. played golf, it was fine. When Trump plays golf, it's fine, except he cheats <laughs> and he charges and, us for it. And if I were to then qualify the amount of thinking done by the average president golfing versus the thinking I think is being done by this president, I might have more nits to pick, but I'm not going to let it upset me. Yeah, because Obama has a lot of things going on in his head. Yeah. And Trump doesn't. There was that, you know, you mentioned this, Godot. There's that article in The Atlantic. Yeah, there's an article did in The Atlantic. Did you read the article in The Atlantic? I did read the article in The Atlantic. And, and there, the gist of it is... Maybe Trump's not a liar. Maybe he's just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know why that hadn't occurred to me. We talk all the time about cock up before conspiracy. But I hadn't really thought, you know what? He's just he just doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah. We've you know, we've kind of we've kind of put this faith that the the president is a smart guy. And so, you know, clearly smart people know that this is wrong. So he must be lying. Nope. There's also this uh, there's this book called On Bullshit. Yes. Written by a professor. What's his name? Is Frankfurt? Frankfurt or uh, maybe maybe that's Rocky Horror Picture Show. But <laughs> his name is something like that. He wrote this book called On Bullshit. And uh, his point on the bullshit thing is that bullshit is not a lie. A lie cares about the truth. A lie cares about the truth and conceals it, contradicts it. Bullshit is just totally tangential to the truth. It's whatever pops into your head that you get to say. So when uh, Trump says uh, we're going to have a vaccine or we're testing more than anybody, he's not lying. 
I don't believe he's lying at all. I believe he is saying, this is what I think people want to hear. Yeah. So he just says it. And he's always gotten away with saying anything that pops into his head. Uh, and the story that I remember that is so silly. I mean, we now have a person uh, in charge of the country who is lacks the skills to be in charge of the country and lacks the moral uh, backbone to be in charge of the country. And this story is so minuscule, but it's so personal. Uh, we had to do a... Um, a uh, uh, gangbang, you know, we had to do a, a phone call for like 50 TV reporters, okay? It was going to be me, Trace Adkins, and Donald Trump, super genius. Uh, and before we did the call, which is going to be with 50, 50 people, um, we had the flack, you know, the PR person from NBC, uh, talk to the three of us. Now, Trace and I were in the same room, and uh, Trump was in his office, which was like one door over. And the um, flack person came on the phone and said, you know, the ratings for Sunday night were not that good. Uh, they were not our best. So just don't mention the ratings. If they ask you about the ratings, just defer and say, you know, the people will get you that, and that's fine. But don't make any claims on the ratings. Just skip over that. And then you know what to do. Um, this is the most money ever raised. And uh, Penn and uh, Trace have done better at the, at the, uh, at the um, tasks than the other contestants we've ever had. They become good friends. This is a real competition. And the show is going to be live this Sunday. And uh, 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 Mr. Trump, you know that uh, you want to hit really hard, that um, this is the season finale and it's live and you're really excited and you don't know who you're going to pick yet and there's some final stuff and da-da-da-da. Hit all that, but don't mention the ratings. Okay? We all say okay. We then go on the phone call. The flack says, and now I have from Celebrity Apprentice, I have Donald Trump, Penn Jillette, Trace Atkins. Donald Trump says, highest rated show this week for any show. We killed it Sunday night. We've had the highest ratings we've ever had. This is the highest rated season ever. First words out of his mouth. <laughs> he does not know what the actual ratings are. He's not yeah. really lying. He just knows that he wants to start the press conference by saying it's the highest rated show. And you know, he went back when he was, uh, when he was doing running for president. He went back over and over and over again and said that Celebrity Apprentice was the highest rated show on TV at that time. Never true. No. And by the way, the New York Times never busted him. Yeah. Because the New York Times maybe thought they had better things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the week of his inauguration, he was tweeting that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger got bad ratings on Celebrity Apprentice. Yes. The week of his inauguration. Yep. Just stunning. And now he's arguing over how many people have died. <laughs> yes. And the idea that it's under, the idea that it's inflated, a disease that we didn't handle properly for two months, 
that that it's under that. Well, what he's dealing with, of course, is comorbidity, right? He's saying if a 92-year-old woman dies of COVID, she was going to die anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, you just keep moving that down. Everyone that died of COVID was going to die anyway. (laughs) We don't know of any immortal people that got COVID-19. Like, he only had 60 good years left. <laughs> I remember at movie night one time, this is before uh, writing for you in any capacity, that I brought up, you know, they, the reason why they think bagels and bread and everything in New York tastes better is because of microscopic shrimp in the water. Mm-hmm. And then you went on Greg Gutfeld's show and you brought that up. And that was the only show that had an ombudsman. Uh-huh. And I remember I read one article on it. I don't remember the source of it. And all of a sudden, you repeated on national television, and I was flop sweating watching your appearance on Greg Gottfeld. Ah. And then the ombudsman came on and be like, I wanted to bust you for bringing up tiny pink shrimp, but you're right. It is the thing. And I was more relieved than anyone <laughs> watching Greg Gottfeld has ever been. The ombudsman was the most brilliant idea ever. Yes. You know, uh, yeah. it was not on the five, by the way. Make that very clear. Yes. It was on uh, Red Eye. Red Eye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was fabulous. I went to Town Hall um, in New York City right after the movie JFK came out. When was that? 90s? Yeah. Uh, And they had a town hall meeting with um, uh, Oliver Stone, Norman Mailer, Nora Ephron, and I think one other person. Yeah. And they were all speaking about the movie JFK. Yeah. And that is where um, Oliver Stone made me laugh out loud and did not intend to. Um, You know the joke that Brother Theodore did where he said, all the great religious leaders are dead. Mohammed is dead. Moses is dead. Jesus is dead. Buddha is dead. And I'm not feeling so well myself. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I forgot the name of the guy in JFK that the uh, the protagonist uh, that Kevin Costner plays. Oh, uh, Warren, isn't it? No, uh, no, no. Warren's the other side. Um, uh, anyway, whatever his name is, Oliver Stone actually said in that meeting on stage, he said, "In the JFK assassination, the only people that matter are da 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 da." JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald, and me. (laughs) Uh, And that's also where Norman Mailer said, sure, this movie JFK is bullshit. But the other side uses bullshit all the time. And the only way to fight it is with better bullshit. Yeah. And I sat there going, is a person really saying that? Yeah, that's terrible. But during that incredible evening at town hall where I could not believe what they were saying on stage. Could not believe it. They had done something very, very foolish, very foolish. They had hired um, somebody with a bunch of books and an internet connection. Now this must've been the nineties where you could, you could search things. And the person they hired was Hitch, 
Oh, no. <laughs> they hired Christopher Hitchens to sit at a desk while these people were talking and check all their facts. Oh, no. And what made this wonderful was they announced at the beginning. Now, I at that time did not know who Christopher Hitchens was. Ah. And I certainly didn't know him personally. But I don't think there's ever been a time when I watched someone on stage and fell more in love <laughs> with anybody. Um, what made it better was he had the computer and he had all the books and he didn't go to them that often. <laughs> he just knew. And uh, my favorite moment was when um, uh, one of them said, JFK was doing this, 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 and this. He was accomplishing all of this. His, um, his presidency was, uh, was so wonderful. Da, 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 da. They called it Camelot. And Christopher Hitchens said, they called it Camelot because the first lady saw a Broadway show by that name. That's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a crazy um, idea. What's that? I think we put the you, you do it like uh, you know any of the panel shows where there are four or five people up there, but we have uh, paintball guns, <laughs> and whenever they're lying, you just shoot them. Well, you know they used to during the presidential debates have the mic turn off after a certain amount of time, yeah. and then Reagan refused to allow that to happen, and they stopped doing that. Yeah, which is why you've got chaos now. I, well, I, the reason why I brought up the ombudsman thing is that I was thinking if I was the comfort person, if I was in the room for a presidential tirade and I worked for the president, I believe I would say to comfort him, you know, with those numbers, some of these people are like 92-year-old people. You know, it's not like he's not like the really most healthiest people. We're going to die anyway. You know, like I would say something that like that to comfort the person yeah. screaming in the room. Well, you know, and if talked- that person were to go into another room and then tell that to reporters, I'd be like, no, 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 not out loud. <laughs> not to not to microphones, no. <laughs> but it doesn't make any difference. Oh, I know that. As a matter of fact, when Obama comes out against him, that just strengthens his base. Oh, I, they go yeah. see he's getting to Obama. What he said about hydrochloroquine and about like who says it, it helps raise his poll numbers. Like I couldn't believe that was said out loud, and that was just not the thing that got him disqualified from being president of the United States forever. <laughs> he, said, he said that when I say hydrochloroquine, my poll numbers go up. Okay. And who said it was going to kill people? A democratic organization. <laughs> That's what he said out loud. That was his full defense. And I was like, that can't be. How about when he said, um, we don't want to let that cruise ship dock because our numbers will go up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, these are the quiet parts out loud. You know, yeah. like, these are the parts that if you're in his inner circle, you're like, not to the cameras. No, but it, it's even worse than that. Those are your private shames. Oh, for sure. I think, I don't think Obama would say something like that even among his closest staff. Yeah. Because he hates himself if he's doing it. And he probably wasn't. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's, that's, that's the big difference. It's, it is just, it is just astonishing. Yeah. Uh, he, he, and, you know, he, he may win again. Well, it's interesting. I mean, what's f- 
it was it's been fascinating it it will be looked back on as fascinating it feels horrible now it will be looked on as fascinating to have someone who, co- who ran for re-election from day one of their presidency who never stopped campaigning for president it, there's never a moment where they clocked out of campaigning to be president and, and never ever um tried to be in any way even lip service to inclusive no was- you know you know fully well that um with uh with Hillary Clinton with her whatever she said what was a bucket of despicables whatever it was yeah yeah um deplorables was that no it was despicable deplorables deplorables um you know and it was Elliot Ness was that and that was Elliot Ness <laughs> Jim Garrison Oh, Jim Garrison. Jim Garrison, yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, all that matters in this is Jim Garrison, JFK, Lee Harvey Oswald, and me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Hillary Clinton would have, without a doubt, done everything she could to uh, extend some, some gentleness to the people that she had insulted so badly. Yes. No doubt about that. And uh, I half expected Trump to do it because I'm stupid. Yeah. I mean, I definitely expected something bad. And I cannot believe how much worse it is than what I expected. Yeah, because now, you know, a lot of people are actually dying because of him. And I guess that's the thing. I mean, a lot of presidents kill a lot of people overseas. Yeah. It's just seeing Americans die because of incompetence is, is pretty startling. Yeah. It's a wake up. But to wake up to what? Also, there's that <laughs> really disturbing, disturbing article. The Atlantic article was yeah. about us. We're stupid. <laughs> it wasn't that Trump is stupid. It's that we're stupid. The uh, Also, you know, pandemics get over just because they get over. Right. They, it's not a vaccine. You know, uh, the 1918, people just got sick of being too careful. There's no yeah. vaccine. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we are opening Vegas on June 4th. Someone asks, uh, Kevin Hurley asks, uh, I noticed that Ticketmaster is already selling tickets to your show. Are Penn and Teller really scheduled to perform in June? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, I will tell you that we are booked uh, every weekend in the fall. Yeah. All over the country. Every Thursday, Friday. I don't know. I know the casino in Minnesota that was the first to open up with all the people waiting to get in. We're booked to play there in September. They're open. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I um, I mean, will we go in and do no audience participation and our crew wearing masks and the audience spread out? And I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the fact is that Georgia, which opened up and has all this data on how it went, will not give the world the real data. Right. They're just saying no. No, but did it? Did you? Uh, no, I'm not to tell you. No, no. no but did, did, did the cases go up? We're not going to tell you. But how many people went to the restaurant? We're not going to tell you. I mean, did people go to the movie? We're, we're not going to tell you. I don't know. 
So, you know, we've run this incredible experiment that can give us a lot of information, except they won't give us the information. So, I, I don't know. I am curious. Yellow. Under different, thank you. I'm curious under different leadership, whether it could have been handled more pro-science and unified. Yes. Don't wonder anymore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can I that's one I can take. I got that one. <laughs> when there'll be a vaccine, I don't know. When we'll open up, I don't know. I don't know. How many more deaths? I don't, know. I don't know. How many more people contract it? I don't know. Are children gonna start getting that Kawasaki thing because of it? Yeah. I don't know. Could this have been handled better by someone who's pro science and someone thinking at the top? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there's headroom yeah. there's headroom there. how much better I don't know could a lot of people have been saved I don't know but there is headroom on top of how well uh, Trump handled it <laughs> we have some room we have some room there to be able to say uh, yeah he could handle it better and I, how about saying uh when Fauci says we don't know about the schools being opening, that answer is not acceptable. <laughs> light is both a wave and a particle. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that answer is not acceptable. No, no, but that's what the experiments are not acceptable answer. No, but that's what the can't be both. Pick one. No, I, I but yeah, June, June 3rd, uh, no, June 4th, June 3rd is my daughter's birthday. June 4th, uh, we will see the opening of Caesar's Palace, Flamingo, and the MGM. And restaurants are already opening. Yeah. Uh, no scheduled time for the Rio. We don't know. Uh, when Penn and Teller are asked to perform, before we believe it's safe, will we go and do it? I don't know. I mean... Uh, I did not think on March 14th that it was right to ask people to gather, but I don't gamble and I don't drink and I work in a casino where people gamble and drink and I have not had moral problems with that. So uh, at some level, I believe that people have a right to make their own decisions and maybe I'm going to be tested on that. I'm certainly not going to be tested for the virus because the testing kits are not available. But <laughs> no, actually, uh, uh, I did a uh, I did a uh, cameo for people who uh, who had done testing here in Vegas. They were doing like you know ten thousand tests. They were doing yeah. a really good job. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. it done. That's part of uh... and Nate Santucci got it done and got it done wonderfully. So I don't want to make jokes about testing not being available because people in Vegas are doing a good job with it. But I don't know what the CDC did mixing up the two. Kinds of tests. Yeah. According to the chat, Ticketmaster has never stopped selling tickets. They just cancel them one week at a time. Okay. That makes more okay. sense. Well, that then that's probably the real answer. Yeah. Um, so get into that first show. I don't know. Uh, it's sure going to be weird. It's going to be weird for sure. It's going to be really weird. We got a lot of uh, material that doesn't use audience members. Uh, you know, you'll see um, um, air sacs with the 
handkerchief yep. flying around. We've got uh, Look Simple, which is one of people's favorites. Handcuffs, uh, 10 and 1, my fire reading monologue. Uh, animal Traps, a uh, lot of very good you stuff. Yeah, sawing the halves. Yeah, very good stuff that doesn't uh, doesn't use on. Oh, the sawing in half. Yeah, uh, uh, we had got that one. Um, uh, so that's really good. That's really good. It's really funny. I was reading uh, Ben Hart. You know, Ben Hart's a fabulous magician in uh, in England. He's actually going to be on the next uh, Try This at Home special, and Ben Hart's magic book. He has a uh, amazing trick about the plague with patter by chemo. And uh, I read it's a wonderful trick, and it's a two-person trick, perfect for Penn and Teller. And I wrote to Teller and said, it's a nice trick, isn't it? Two on the nose? <laughs> it's about the number of people dying after they're infected. He wrote it, you know, way before COVID. Wow. Two on the nose? I think maybe. Maybe two. You guys should do the you used to do the black light thing when people are coming in. Put a little bowl of like pretend infection agent and then halfway through the show turn the black light on. <laughs> That's comedy. <laughs> That's funny. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what uh what they're what anybody's thinking of. You know, I will be uh I will not be a pioneer on this. Well, I'm hoping you guys still uh are working on your age appropriate escape. Because that also fits with no audience members. Uh, no, there's an audience member tying us up. Damn it. But the age, the age-appropriate escape, there might be a non-audience version of that. Yeah. We have to see. We're trying to look at... I was thinking like stuff, um, some stuff, we could play the audience member, each of us. Oh, yeah. You know, holding a camera and checking things. So... Oh, that's fascinating. We're playing around with it. Uh it, uh, it'll be crazy. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. And, uh, you know, I've been doing all these things. You know, we were very, very happy, uh, uh, very careful um, when we did the um, Try This at Home special. You probably noticed that we, uh, we donated uh, money from our salaries to, um, to the Caesars people who were working. But we did not anywhere in our special, tell other people to donate money, uh, nor did we tell people to stay home. We gave no advice on anything. Uh, those shows that did give advice, I thought were great, but I didn't think that the audience wanted Penn and Teller to make comments about COVID. So we talk about staying at home, and one of the magicians wears a mask, but we're really, really, really light on that. And uh, I did all these interviews on the show, and... Um, during one of the interviews, someone said something along the lines of, we're all in this together. And I said, well, you know, we're kind of not. Because although the virus is completely democratic in who it attacks, uh, people are still not in the same situation. I'm in a better situation than a lot of other people. Uh, much better. And uh, I, I, I get a little uncomfortable when uh, celebrities talk about how we're all suffering the same amount and that uh, we're all in the same situation and here's what you should do. Because I am not in the same situation as someone working in a pork processing plant. I'm simply not. And I'm not in the same situation as uh, as police 
grocery store stockers, I'm delivery people. I'm not in the same situation. So in a sense, globally, we are all um, worried about the same virus. But how it affects us is very, very different. And I was feeling like a dipshit because I was saying that every time. And it sounded a little bit like I was being too tight ass and too weird and maybe even reverse sanctimonious or something. And uh, several people wrote in on Twitter and stuff and said, thank you for doing that different. So I felt somewhat vindicated in my dipshittiness that uh, that I did that. But you know... I actually just paid for a cameo that makes you recant everything you just said. Okay, good, good. Well, I'll be, I'll be doing that right after I uh, finish this uh, show. And I'm finishing this show right now, Matt, because that was Ben Sunday School. That was Ben Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. You become naked. And we have the billboard Dr. Michael Greger next week, the author of uh, How Not to Diet, How Not to Die, and How to Survive a Big So next week, the bullshit goes away, and a person with all the information, a true ombudsman, going to come in and straighten us out tell us the truth i think next week is not the week to miss next week is going to be the two shows of penn sunday school you want to hear and you know we love you hey everybody jason ellis here from the jason ellis show podcast reminding you that my podcast new episodes every wednesday downloadable where all podcasts are available Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against the shock if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.